This podcast is brought to you by the Hitched Wine Club. The holidays are just around the corner, and with a couple of clicks, Hitched has made it easy to check an item off your list. Whether you're hosting holiday meals or visiting friends and family, joining the Hitched Wine Club takes the hassle out of finding that perfect bottle. When the holiday dust settles, you and your spouse will continue to get great wine along with date ideas and much more. Gift memberships and baskets also make a perfect gift. Take advantage of this great opportunity by visiting hitchedmag.com. You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined with the, uh, I guess today we can call you the rowdy Dr. Noelle Nelson, because <laughs> you, yes, you, you are fired up about this topic, and so am I, and I can't wait to uh, to dig into this. Um, so for those tuning in for the first time, and I know we have a lot of new listeners coming on board, uh, so thank you iTunes for putting us in your new and noteworthy category under the uh, the family um, area of the uh, iTunes store there. Um, so Noelle is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and is also the author of nine best-selling books. And she has a new one out for the Kindle. It's an ebook. It's awesome. It's called Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy. Um, and this kind of you know, we're not talking, well, we are kind of talking a little bit of employees today. What we're really talking about is there was a Harvard uh, Business Review column that came out about the Petraeus uh, affair, scandal, whatever you want to call it, um, where this writer uh, basically gets into the changing dynamic of the workplace um, and then has some pretty... Uh, God, I don't want, I don't know if I should call this laughable, Noel. <laughs> uh, no, but let's put it this way, controversial. Okay, controversial. Controversial points of view, and we're going to kind of go through some of what is said in the column and give uh our your point of view, Noel. So, uh first, do you want to uh, kind of give a brief background of this column? Um, and then we'll go into some of the more specific points of what's said. Sure. Uh, well, the uh, the author um, does a, a brief sort of history of the fact that there have been quite a few executive uh, management types that have um, had affairs, if you will, and the problems that that causes in the workplace. And I agree, that causes problems in the workplace. But the conclusions that she reaches are the ones that I think are quite controversial and obviously disagree with, which is that somehow companies should focus their efforts on managing the harmful effects of these affairs. And I'm going, excuse me, do I really want my employer messing with people's private lives? And where should the responsibility lie? So that's, if you will, kind of the really broad overview of, of her approach. Okay. And, uh, you know, she kind of starts off the uh, her column by saying that uh, the Petraeus situation um, where this really powerful man um, uh, gets into this relationship is kind of the new normal. Um, is that really the case here? 
that absolutely staggers me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking either the author is very young or, you know, she, she, meaning that she doesn't r- remember what's gone on in the past. But quite frankly, ever since we've had a workplace, in, men in particular have been having affairs with their secretaries and often dumping wife number one and making the secretary wife number two and so forth. So this isn't new. What's new is that society isn't as... Mm, condoning of it as we used to be. In other words, as more and more powerful women come into the workplace and assume positions in the executive uh, arena, uh, companies are not nearly as turning a blind eye, if you will. Yeah. To me, I would call this, Steve, shunning 21st century style. Okay. In other words, if you take the big picture, okay, as a society – we have been moving increasingly towards respect of others. And that may seem like a really weird thing to say. But (laughs) if you think about it, we have now laws against discrimination, laws Uh against sexual harassment, laws against deadbeat dads, laws against abuse. We are attempting as a society to be increasingly respectful of persons. So the part that's new isn't that men have affairs. The part that's new is society as a whole is less tolerant of it. Because quite frankly, when you think about it, an affair is an abuse of the victimized spouse. Yeah. And, you know, for me, part of part of her statement, and she didn't say the new normal, uh, she actually calls it the new rules of the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's essentially the same thing, I think, uh, is what she's saying. I guess, um, the thing that kills me is that it's it makes it sound like that's the new standard it's the it's it's what happens all the time and i don't i mean i've been in the office um and i had some pretty good relationships inside the office and if i had to venture to guess um a percentage of how many uh, <laughs> executives were having affairs with people within the workplace um i would say it was if happening at all, it was uh, in the single-digit percentage, if that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not at all a new normal, not by any 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 stretch of the imagination. But it's it is, if you will, less tolerated. Yeah. So okay. I think that is actually a really good sign because it says that along with all the other ways in which our society is trying to evolve into a more respectful place towards others, this is just one more. But you're absolutely right. Infidelity inside the office has never been what, you, what you know this sort of rampant disease, but it's extremely obvious when it's someone at the level of a Petraeus. Yeah. And I, you know what kind of fascinates me about this whole thing is – we now have some really powerful women executives. Uh, I wonder, I, you know, this is all hypothetical and speculation, right. but I wonder if um, this same type of conversation would be happening if it was a role reversal, if it was a really high powerful female executive having the affair. Well, there was a really good movie about that. <laughs> I can't remember the name right now, but that is a much less frequent because women do not traditionally tend to be attracted to someone who is in a position lower than theirs traditionally uh-huh. it happens of course and in the movie which i wish i could remember the name uh it was clearly sexual harassment 
So, you know, whole different order of things. Um, but women, according to the, the, the research lately, the powerful women are really seeking men at their own level and having trouble finding men at their own level. That seems to be the greater issue for powerful women than affairs within the office. Yeah, and I, that's, you're, you're totally right. And, um, I've seen that, uh, connected to, like, college education and things. And that's also, I've seen that stretch across, um, ethnic boundaries, where, um, uh, particularly in, like, the African American community and the Hispanic community, where the women are getting, uh, at a much greater percentage, getting higher education and having trouble finding mates, um, at your, like like you said at that at that same level um, right. uh, so uh, getting back to this uh, column here so the writer uh, kind of describes uh, a, a list of some powerful men recently who have quote unquote fallen victim uh, to this new gender equal work environment and and mentions how our work policies uh, need to catch up. <laughs> uh, what, what do you, what do you think she means by, cause she doesn't offer specifics, uh, what kind of work policies could possibly be put in place that would, uh, catch up to this, um, threatening new gender equal work environment? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, <laughs> short of putting shackles on people, it, people's private lives, people's sex lives are their own business. And it is our responsibility to be mindful of boundaries and things like that. I mean, this one really pushed my <laughs> buttons. It's like, I don't want my, my, my employer to tell me who I should or shouldn't interact with and somehow, you know, manage me in that way. I, I, that's ridiculous. Personal responsibility seems to be much more important here. And the way when, Steve, when you and I, chatted about this a week ago or yeah. so, what I said is basically men need to keep their pants up and <laughs> women their skirts down. I mean, it, it's not that complicated. Or if you fall in love with someone, and that happens, who is not your spouse, then the honorable thing to do is before you have any kind of affair, go talk to your spouse and, and get things clean on your own. You don't need your employer telling you, please divorce your wife first. But get things clean with your spouse or reinvent your marriage or whatever it is that you choose to do. But to me, the idea of having an employer responsible for that side of one's life is absurd. Yeah. I, uh, I've actually worked at a place that did actually have a policy of like a no dating within the office kind of a thing. Uh, where, yes. Uh, it was, you know, but again, you're right. Like, I mean, how how – I guess if you found out about it, it could be enforced, but you're right. Like it's a private affair, um, which would be very difficult to, uh, I guess, lock down if, if they don't want you to know about it. Um, really? What are you going to do? Put chastity belts on people? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so the thing, though, I think, I think a further point to what you just said is if you uh, accepted a job at a workplace that had a no-dating policy, then that's part of your contract. Mm. You knew it up front when you took the job. Nobody came with a gun to your head and said you have to have this job. So to me, that's just honoring your agreements. Yeah. You know, and if you found that you fell in love because it happens, you know, the heart is not something that we, we, can, we can regulate with our brains necessarily, is if you did fall in love with someone in the workplace, is then have the conversation called, well, one of us has to quit. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you both signed the contract. Yeah. You know, most of our listeners are married um, or in serious relationships. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're not obviously condoning uh, or suggesting you should um, have the conversation, break up with your spouse and and go go strike up that relationship with somebody in the workplace. Uh, but you mentioned contract and uh, – you mentioned in our conversation a week or so ago about how people need to have some self-awareness. People, you know, our listeners, most of them already have a contract, and that's with their spouse. It's the marriage contract. And so – Here's where I think the potential of an affair is beneficial to a marriage, highly beneficial. Okay. Is if you find yourself attracted to someone at work, okay, which is the most logical place where you're going to see people, is that's like a, a warning sign inside your head that says, whoa, wait a minute. I need to invest in my marriage. I need to go back and look at where have I been neglecting my marriage? Because the temptation to an affair really is telling you that you have ceased in one way or another to invest in your primary relationship, which is the one that you have with your spouse. So my take on it is the conversation with the spouse doesn't start with, oh, honey, I don't love you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. The conversation with your spouse is, honey, you know what? We need some alone time together. We need to create some hobbies together. We need to whatever it is so you can, if you will, reinvigorate, replenish your marriage because you didn't get married by accident. Yeah. It, we we spoke on uh, another point and we've done podcasts on this in the past too, which is uh, having ha having an attraction – to somebody is different than acting on that attraction too. I mean, there's some beautiful people in the world and, and there's nothing wrong with recognizing, uh, that some, you know, someone is attracted, attractive to you. Uh, and, but there's a major difference between having an attraction and, and acting on that attraction. And that's, uh, you're right. If you do feel yourself um, possibly tempted of like acting on that attraction, that's when you, you know you need to step in and and have the conversation with your spouse or change environments or or something along those uh, along those lines. But more often than not, what it means is that people have stopped investing in the marriage, meaning they've stopped looking at their spouse with eyes of appreciation mm -hmm. and and valuing their spouse. They've sort of taken them for granted. Yeah. And that kills more marriages than just about anything, taking your spouse for granted. But I'd like to touch on something that you said earlier, if I may. Yeah. Which is, there is a difference. There is a huge difference between stimulating conversation with somebody and going to bed with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that what gets confused for people is they, they have, if you will, a different type of conversation. And I don't mean flirtation. I mean literal intellectual conversation. You know, they, they meet someone who's got different uh, ideas and who has had ex different experiences in life, and it can be very exciting. But people confuse intellectual excitement and good conversation with, I must take this person to bed. Yeah. And okay. I think that that's where self-awareness is really important, is knowing the difference. Yes. And that's also a reason, and, you know, we beat this drum <laughs> just about every podcast it's also that's also why it's important to do things with your spouse and to uh have new adventures and have new experiences uh so that you can continue that 
uh, personal stimulation with you and your spouse and have those conversations with each other about the trip. And, and for the marriage to continue to grow. Exactly. It's not meant that when you take those vows, that's it. We all we sit down and we're, we stay put. The, the relationship as individuals grow needs to grow. And that can only happen if you put some effort in there and expand what's going on between the spouses. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and uh, moving back into this uh, column here, the the writer goes on to say uh, women are marrying less often and divorcing more because um, men want to preserve their upper hand so that so women are then kind of forced to uh, reach across the the boundaries uh, to find a suitable um, mate. Uh, and and by boundaries she means specifically have affairs. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I'm going. That is absolutely not so. If you look at this roster of men who have, uh, you know, the the top flight executives who have been ousted from their companies for affairs, it's I would say 99.9 percent not with a powerful executive woman. Mm. The affair has happened with somebody in a status somewhat below theirs. Yeah. Because there's, you know, we talked about this last time. There's an adoration factor. <laughs> yes. Most most of the time, what's causing these affairs, at least when it's a powerful man and a less powerful woman, is that they get adored, and that feels damn good. And, You're right. I'm rowdy. <laughs> and you know, not to let um, the the author who had the affair with Petraeus, you know, a lot of this. Um, has been put on him, which he should take a lot of flack on this. Uh, but Broadwell, the, I, I believe she was the biographer. Uh, yes, she was. She, uh, uh, she needs to take some responsibility as well. And like Absolutely. you, and you mentioned, you know, people less than them. I would suggest that that makes her, you know, in terms of in journalism, one of the most damaging things you could possibly do to your career <laughs> Is having an affair with the person that you're trying to write about. If that doesn't muddy the waters, I do not know what does. Yes, it, it truly is a conflict of interest. And, absolutely. And she has absolute, as far as I'm concerned, it's a 50 50 deal. He has 50% of the responsibility and she does too. She's a grown up. We're not talking about a 15 year old adolescent who doesn't know, you know, doesn't know yet how yeah. the world really works. Although by now at 15, they do. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes, she does. And, and, Aside from the fact that she's a professional woman as an author and therefore needs to respect boundaries just as a professional, she's also a grown-up. She yeah. knows he's married. So, you know, she has to respect that. And if she feels an attraction on her end, she can have the conversation with him that says something along the lines of, I'm attracted to you, but I recognize that you are married and I respect that. Period. Yeah. You know, we've talked in the past about um couples usually uh connect with people at the same level as them so uh eights get together with eights or sevens or nines but not an eight doesn't get with a four right um what do you think this kind of a situation says about these two people do you think um you know, he's if if she's a, a five, does this bring his character down to a five, or is she, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it works quite that way okay. with with this sort of situation. I think it's more what I call the adoration factor, which is that at a certain point, Petraeus's spouse 
probably didn't doesn't gush over him in the same way as the biographer did. And it's especially he is in a sense at the end of his career, okay? He's getting older and so forth. And to have a, a younger woman gush all over him, if you will, is extraordinarily tempting. And that's where I think all of us need to have better boundaries. I mean, that's tempting to anybody. Um, so I don't think it's sort of the eight to the four thing. Uh, I think it's it, it's different qualities that are attractive. And you're not talking about a marriage here. Yeah, In oh, other that's words, true. He d I don't believe that Petraeus set out to find a new marital partner and found it in this young woman. I, an affair has a different dynamic to it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So. Yeah, sometimes they do end up in marriage, but not usually this type of thing. What you see more frequently is what we call the trophy wife, right? In other words, yes, it ends up in marriage, but it's not a marriage based, if you will, on um, same level uh, values and qualities. It's that the trophy wife brings usually beauty and things like that to the marriage, and the man brings the power. So it's it's hard to do the 8-4 the thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and one of the other things that um, this is actually getting off topic of the staying on the Petraeus thing, but less of the column thing. Uh, we were talking about this and I, I was thinking about writing a column, but I got caught up with other things. So maybe I'll just mention it here. Uh, this, the, the thing about this affair that I find, um, I don't know if I want to say refreshing, uh, but I think it's a, 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 a an awakening for people, uh, possibly, that this is a man who was um, at the highest level of our military. He was then the highest level of our government intelligence agency, and he could not keep the secret of an affair. And so uh, I hope it scares the bejesus and makes people think twice uh, for anybody who thinks they could possibly get away with something like this. Uh, because here was somebody who was supposed to know uh, how to cover his tracks, and they thought they were. Uh, and you know, I guess this also kind of shows uh, some of his lack of technological sophistication, because it's uh, laughable, I think, to a younger generation what he was doing in terms of like emails and stuff. To think that that was not tra tra traceable, or maybe he just had the ego to think like nobody would ever dare look into what I'm doing personally. Uh, maybe that's I think actually it's more that, more that. Yeah. arrogance often trumps intelligence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I think that it, like this whole thing of, you know, basically the most secretive, powerful, you know, and mo like most decorated too and respected and all this stuff. I mean, this guy was <laughs> heard somebody, one of these talk show people uh describe him as like captain america and it made me laugh because he kind of was like that figure in our um military uh hierarchy and to watch him make such a blunder like this um it's i i don't know i i feel like i hope that this like i said i hope this scares people who think like oh i could i could pull this off uh because you know it usually doesn't end well no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And frankly, for me, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, it, before we wrap this up, Noel, is there anything else that you wanted to, to touch on in regards to the, the column and the, the workplace and the changing, changing gender roles? And Only equality? that I think that, that we need to 
assume personal responsibility and respect not so much our vows, but the relationship that we've created with our spouses and let, you know, not act on impulse uh, and certainly not expect our workplace to be our guardians. Yeah. And, and if you, and if you uh, just kind of going back and reiterating what was said earlier, if you find yourself or feel yourself uh, being tempted, it, it, it's time to go home and have a conversation. So. Absolutely. And not to forget that your spouse is your best friend. That's right. And then, and then uh, that night, plan your next date night. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, our, well, Noel, uh, this was a, a, a great topic. Um, it, it's always uh, insightful to have you on. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, I want to remind everybody, you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and is also the author of nine best-selling books, including her two most recent relationship books, Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. Uh, her latest book is an e-book. It is Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy. It is available on the uh, Amazon Kindle. Um, so if you're doing some Christmas shopping, it's a pretty fantastic uh, book. And so if you're getting somebody a Kindle, preload it with this thing. And then you'll have uh, content ready to go. And it's, like I mentioned, it's a really great read. Uh, you can get more um, from Noelle at uh, noellenelson.com. Uh, you can follow Noelle on Twitter at Dr. Noelle Nelson. Uh, I am on Twitter at Hitch Media. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on um, Tumblr. We're on all, all, the, uh, all the networks. Um, so that's going to do it this week. Thanks one last time, Noelle. Thank you, Steve. Okay, take care, everybody. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.